Section 39 of Final Report of the Advisory Committee on Human Radiation Experiments. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Final Report of the Advisory Committee on Human Radiation Experiments. Case Studies. Chapter 7. Part 4. Beyond Risk other dimensions of the ethics of non-therapeutic research on children the level of risk to which children are exposed is critical in evaluating the ethics of non-therapeutic research on children also important however is whether and how the authorization of parents was solicited and also which children were selected to be so used for nineteen of the twenty-one studies reviewed by the committee we know almost nothing about whether the permission of parents was sought or what the parents were told about their children's involvement two of the studies conducted at the fernald school were the exceptions as a result of extensive historical and archival research by the massachusetts task force on human subjects research there is a reference to parents in the published literature on only one of the remaining nineteen studies a nineteen fifty four iodine uptake experiment at the university of tennessee this paper included the following line the procedure was described to the mothers of the infants studied and the mothers gave consent for the study before the tests were made the inclusion of this line is noteworthy for it suggests that at least some investigators thought parental permission was worth mentioning in published reports of their research if the committee had devoted extensive investigatory resources to these nineteen studies it is likely we would have learned more about whether or how parental authorization was obtained in at least some cases it is also almost certain that even the deepest archival digging would have produced no useful information about parental authorization for some of these experiments the recent experience of the massachusetts task force demonstrates the possibility of both outcomes for some of the experiments conducted at the fernald school the task force's diligent historical research uncovered a variety of documents that shed important light on what both parents and children were told for the experiments at wrentham similar efforts did not produce any significant information on questions of parental authorization again with the exception of the experiments conducted at fernald and wrentham we know almost nothing about who the children were who served as subjects in these experiments the journal articles on these remaining studies do not describe the sociodemographic characteristics of the subjects they do sometimes mention whether the subjects had relevant medical conditions and usually that the children including the control subjects were hospitalized patients in some of the experiments reviewed by the committee the scientific research questions of interest could have been pursued only in children who were ill and hospitalized in other instances however the hospitalized children were likely samples of convenience this is particularly plausible in the case of control subjects when a sample of healthy non-hospitalized children might have made a better control group from a scientific perspective as we saw in chapter two hospitalized patients were often viewed by physician investigators as a convenient source of research subjects because so little is known the committee cannot draw conclusions about the ethics of most of the non-therapeutic studies involving children we reviewed apart from the important issue of risk of harm to the children involved 
we turn now to an analysis of the studies where relevant information about parental authorization disclosure and subject selection is available the studies conducted at the fernald school the studies at the fernald school researchers from the massachusetts institute of technology working in cooperation with senior members of the fernald staff carried out non-therapeutic nutritional studies with radioisotopes at the state school in the late 1940s and early 1950s. The subjects of these nutritional research studies were young male residents of Fernald, who were members of the school's science club. In 1946, one study exposed 17 subjects to radioactive iron. The second study, which involved a series of 17 related sub-experiments, exposed 57 subjects to radioactive calcium between 1950 and 1953. It is clear that the doses involved were low, and that it is extremely unlikely that any of the children who were used as subjects were harmed as a consequence. These studies remain morally troubling, however, for several reasons. First, Although parents or guardians were asked for their permission to have their children involved in the research, the available evidence suggests that the information provided was, at best, incomplete. Second, there is the question of the fairness of selecting institutionalized children at all, children whose life circumstances were by any standard already heavily burdened. Parental Authorization The Massachusetts Task Force found two letters sent to parents describing the nutrition studies and seeking their permission. The first letter, a form letter signed by the superintendent of the school, is dated November 1949. The letter refers to a project in which children at the school will receive a special diet rich in various cereals, iron, and vitamins, and for which it will be necessary to make some blood tests at stated intervals similar to those to which our patients are already accustomed, and which will cause no discomfort or change in their physical condition, other than possibly improvement. The letter makes no mention of any risks or the use of a radioisotope. Parents or guardians are asked to indicate that they have no objection to their son's participation in the project by signing an enclosed form. The second letter, dated May 1953, we quote in its entirety dear parent in previous years we have done some examinations in connection with the nutritional department of the massachusetts institute of technology with the purposes of helping to improve the nutrition of our children and to help them in general more efficiently than before for the checking up of the children we occasionally need to take some blood samples which are then analyzed the blood samples are often after one test meal, which consists of a special breakfast meal containing a certain amount of calcium. We have asked for volunteers to give a sample of blood once a month for three months, and your son has agreed to volunteer because the boys who belong to the science club have many additional privileges. They get a quart of milk daily during that time, and are taken to a baseball game, to the beach, and to some outside dinners, and they enjoy it greatly. I hope that you have no objection that your son is voluntarily participating in this study. The first study will start on Monday, June 8th, and if you have not expressed any objections, we will assume that your son may participate. Sincerely yours, Clemens E. Benda, M.D., Fernald Clinical Director. Approved, Malcolm J. Farrell, M.D., Fernald Superintendent.
again there is no mention of any risks or the use of a radioisotope it was believed then that the risks were minimal as indeed they appear to have been and as a consequence school administrators and the investigators may have thought it unnecessary to raise the issue of risks with the parents there was no basis however for the implication in both letters that the project was intended for the children's benefit or improvement this was simply not true the conclusion of the massachusetts task force was that these experiments were conducted in violation of the fundamental human rights of the subjects this conclusion is based in part on the task force's assessment of these letters specifically the task force found that the researchers failed to satisfactorily inform the subjects and their families that the nutritional research studies were non-therapeutic that is that the research studies were never intended to benefit the human subjects as individuals but were intended to enhance the body of scientific knowledge concerning nutrition the letter in which consent from family members was requested which was drafted by the former Fernald superintendent failed to provide information that was reasonably necessary for an informed decision to be made fairness and the use of institutionalized children the Fernald experiments also raise quite starkly the particular ethical difficulties associated with conducting research on members of institutionalized populations especially where some of the residents have mental impairments living conditions in most of these institutions including Fernald and Rentham, have improved considerably in recent years and sensitivity toward people with cognitive impairments has likewise increased as fred boyce a subject in one of those experiments has put it Fernald is a much better place today and in no way does it operate like it did then that's very important to know that the massachusetts task force describes conditions in state-operated facilities like Fernald, particularly as they bear on human experimentation as follows until the nineteen seventies the buildings were dirty and in disrepair staff shortages were constant brutality was often accepted and programs were inadequate or non-existent there were no human rights committees or institutional review boards if the superintendent in those days required to be a medical doctor cooperated in an experiment and allowed residents to be subjects few knew and no one protested if nothing concerning the experiments appeared in the residents medical records if request for consent letters were less than forthright or if no consent was obtained there was no one in a position of authority to halt or challenge such procedures although public attitudes toward people who are institutionalized are admittedly different today than they were fifty years ago it is likely that this state of affairs would have been troubling to most americans even then historian susan letterer has revealed several episodes of experimentation with institutionalized children in america that caused considerable public outcry even before nineteen forty presaging the concern generated by willowbrook when this research became a public issue in the nineteen sixties the lmri staff reported in the early nineteen sixties that the pediatric researchers whom they had gathered agreed in principle that the convenience of conducting research on institutionalized children did not outweigh the moral problems associated with this practice 
several investigators spoke about the practical advantages of using institutionalized children who are already assembled in one location and living within a standard controlled environment but the conferees agreed that there should be no differential recruitment of ward patients rather than private patients of institutionalized children rather than children living in private homes or of handicapped rather than healthy children a particularly poignant dimension of the unfairness of using institutionalized children as subjects of research is that it permits investigators to secure cooperation by offering as special treats what other non-institutionalized children would find far less exceptional the extra attention of a science club a quart of milk and an occasional outing were for the boys at fernald extraordinary opportunities as mr boyce put it i won't tell you now about the severe physical and mental abuse but i can assure you it was no boys town the idea of getting consent for experiments under these conditions was not only cruel but hypocritical they bribed us by offering us special privileges knowing that we had so little that we would do practically anything for attention and to say i quote this is their debt to society end quote as if we were worth no more than laboratory mice is unforgivable even when a child was able to resist the offers of special attention and refuse to participate in the experiment the investigators seem to have been unwilling to respect the child's decision one mit researcher robert s harris explicitly noted that it seemed to him that the three subjects who objected to being included in the study could be induced to change their minds harris believed that the recalcitrant children could be induced to join in the study by emphasizing the fernald science club angle of our work from the perspective of the science it was considered important to conduct the research in an environment in which the diet of the children's subjects could be easily controlled from this standpoint the institutional setting of fernald was ideal the institutional settings of the boarding schools in the boston area however would have offered much the same opportunity although the risks were small the children of the elite were rarely if ever selected for such research it is not likely that these children would have been willing to submit to blood tests for extra milk or the chance to go to the beach the question of what is ethical in the context of unfair background conditions is always difficult perhaps the investigators who were not responsible for the poor conditions at fernald believed that the opportunities provided to the members of the science club brightened the lives of these children if only briefly reasoning of this sort however can all too easily lead to unjustifiable disregard of the equal worth of all people into unfair treatment today fifty years after the fernald experiments there are still no federal regulations protecting institutionalized children from unfair treatment in research involving human subjects the committee strongly urges the federal government to fill this policy void by providing additional protections for institutionalized children conclusion if an ethical evaluation of human experiments depended solely upon an assessment of the risk to subjects as they could reasonably be anticipated at the time 
the radiation experiments conducted on children reviewed in this chapter would be relatively unproblematic during this time the association between radiation exposure and the subsequent development of cancer was not well understood and in particular little was known about iodine one thirty one and the risk of thyroid cancer both researchers and policymakers appear to have been alert to considerations of harm and concerned about exposing children to an unacceptable level of risk at the same time however the scientific community's experience with radionuclides in humans was limited and this approach to medical investigation was new although the available data about human risk were encouraging and the biological susceptibility of children to the effects of radiation was not appreciated we are left with the lingering question of whether investigators and agency officials were sufficiently cautious as they began their work with children this is a difficult judgment to make at any point in the development of a field of human research it is particularly difficult to make at forty or fifty years remove investigators and officials had to make decisions under conditions of considerable uncertainty this is commonplace in science and in medicine although the biological susceptibility of children was not then known investigators and officials held the view that children should be accorded extra protection in the conduct of human research and they made what they thought were appropriate adjustments when using children as subjects if human research never proceeded in the face of uncertainty there would be no such experiments how little uncertainty is acceptable in research involving children is a question that remains unresolved today we continue to debate what constitutes minimal risk to children in radiation and in other areas of research the regulations governing research on children offer little in the way of guidance either with respect to conditions of uncertainty about risk or when risks are known as best as we can determine in eleven of the twenty-one experiments we reviewed the risks were in a range that would today be likely to be considered as more than minimal and thus is unacceptable in non-therapeutic research with children according to current federal regulations it is possible however that four of the eleven might be considered acceptable by the minor increase over minimal risk standard in these four experiments the average risk estimates were between one and two per thousand the studies were directed at the subject's medical conditions and they may well have had the potential to obtain information of vital importance physical risk to subjects is not the only ethically relevant consideration in evaluating human experiments with the exception of the studies at fernald we know almost nothing about whether or how parental authorization for the remaining nineteen experiments we reviewed was obtained and with the exception of the fernald studies and the experiment at rentham we know very little about the children who were selected to be the subjects of this research therefore we cannot comment on the general ethics of these other experiments the experiments at fernald and at the rentham school unfairly burdened children who were already disadvantaged children whose interests were less well protected than those children living with their parents or children who were socially privileged at the fernald school where more is known there was some attempt to solicit the permission of parents but the information provided was incomplete and misleading the investigators successfully secured the cooperation of the children with offers of extra milk and an occasional outing 
incentives that would not likely have induced children who were less starved for attention to willingly submit to repeated blood tests one researcher speaking almost thirty-five years ago set out the fundamental moral issue with particular frankness and clarity we are talking here about first and second class citizens this is a concept none of our consciences will allow us to live with the thing we must all avoid is two types of citizenry it might have been common for researchers to take advantage of the convenience of experimenting on institutionalized children but the committee does not believe that convenience offsets the moral problems associated with employing these vulnerable children as research subjects now or decades ago end of section thirty nine